Hi guys and welcome to Happy Dance, the podcast for dance teachers, by dance teachers. I have the awesome Michelle with us today, who not only runs her own school, she also has a dance and fitness apparel brand and we're here to pick her brain about all things dance and business and growth and I'm very excited. So introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your dance journey. Hi, um, I'm Michelle. I'm from the Scottish Borders. Um, I was dancing since I was tiny, tiny. Um, and I only did ballet when I was younger. Um, it's all we had here. And I think that I really got a love for dance when I was introduced to com uh, commercial and contemporary um, style dancing when I was a little bit older. Um, that's when I really fell in love with it. Did um, a lot of classes in that through uni and started to do um, a bit of leadership. Um, within the schools and that's when I realized that I really wanted to give back in a new style um, because I was only ever given ballet when I was younger the area that I'm from still only had ballet um, as I grew up so I wanted to go back and give something that made me love dance as much as I loved ballet um, it was definitely the other styles that made me go ah yeah this is me and um, so I wanted to come back to the area and um, offer that so we did um, some sort of I was a tiny tiny school to start with mainly I'd say more of a club than a school it was more of a a place for us all to come together and dance when I was really like young teacher um, and it just grew from there because it started to be a thing where kids wanted that different it wasn't the same kids that were coming to me as we'd go to the ballet um so I realized that I was kind of able to inspire a different group of kids that wouldn't normally have danced. So that's where our school grew from. Um, 15 years later, we're still here in the area, um, but with branches in different towns as well within the borders, um, specializing in hip hop, street commercial style classes, and now also doing contemporary acro, musical theater and ballet. So we've got, we've got a, full, a full whack now. Oh, wow. Um, that's so interesting because I think there are so many styles open to um, everyone now that it's really yeah. interesting to see where people's paths have taken them. Like, I love ballet, but I completely agree. I think it has this reputation of being very, I don't agree with it, but people would say boring when I've said, well, don't you want to take a ballet class? They're like, oh, but it would be boring. And things. So yeah. I think that's really true that you have to kind of diversify and yeah different elements even into your ballet class to make them yeah. different and to make them fun to make them engaging for the classes you're teaching because like you said you can have yeah. some that view it as a club and some that view it as more serious like yeah. training so yeah I think that's really important do you teach many classes yourself now or is it mainly um, managing the branches or um I still teach a lot um I, at the minute, it's actually quite nice being being in lockdown. Um, I've, I've because I've had to rejig my schedule for Zoom um, and needed to give my teacher work because I couldn't furlough her. Uh, I was like, you know what? This is great. You can do all of these classes, um, and I can take a little bit of a step back and just think about things, which is quite nice. But I do love teaching, um, so I will always be like I teach every night from the studio in Kelso, and I've got other teachers that do. My, well, I've got a ballet teacher because I don't, no chance was I going to train to do ballet. <laughs> that would have been a disaster. So I have a specific ballet teacher. And then my other two teachers um, teach my branches. And they're kind of, um, one of them I trained when she was four. And she's gone all the way up through, done her professional training and is back. Which is lovely because 
you kind of feel like she knows the ethos, she understands what's going on in school, so she's just like fitted straight in really quickly. Yeah, I think that's so important. That's so amazing as well that you're like, I, I saw you as a little seedling and now you're like a full plant. I mean, it makes you, it's quite, it makes you feel quite old. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I found that a real struggle when I hired my first teacher as well, that I just wanted to still be in every class. I, I just loved yeah. teaching. I just wanted to be involved, wanted to be there. But actually found like I wasn't growing anything because yeah. I was just there at every class. And it was like, no, she's amazing. I can yeah. lead her through her own thing and actually look at my dance business as a whole and see where I need to invest more time or what class yeah. I need to advertise more to grow. And yeah. I just wouldn't have had time to do that if I hadn't have gone, no, this is yeah. your class. And it was really hard. I feel like you... I know myself that when I was training, I taught, I was better at teaching when my mentor wasn't there. I don't know about you, but you know, like you feel like you're being watched. So I know myself, I'm like, I, re- I, I don't want to constantly be there when they're teaching because I know that that's the worst because the kids as well see you as principal as being, if you're there, you're the one that they ask silly things like, can I go to the toilet and stuff? And you're like, I'm not teaching you. Like, <laughs> You, you need to yeah I need, I'm, I'm just here but I'm gonna leave and um, so yeah I think that to get the best out of obviously knowing the teachers and how they style and um, but then being able to get the most out of them it's best to just leave them to it because I know that I was like that when I was younger that I wouldn't have wanted my boss in every class checking the weird and wonderful things that you're saying <laughs> yes I agree I think you you almost second guess yourself more if you're mentoring or peers that you're going oh did I say that wrong did I use the wrong word did I yeah. this rather than just relaxing and teaching and teaching the kids at the same time that the wrong words but I'm going to own up to it and own my mistake because everyone makes them and that's completely yeah fine. yeah yeah you exactly. that one it's you <laughs> How have you grown to multiple locations? What was the thought process behind it? Did you think, oh, actually, I want just one studio and to make that huge, why go separate places? What was the thought process? It's basically basically the geography and the borders. Um, So I was, for the first five years of running, I was working from um, church halls and whatnot within my hometown. and that was fine, but I knew that I needed a base here. Like my car was just filled with so much stuff. So having a base gives you that ability to grow in one space. And I found that having the studio allowed me to experiment with stuff because I knew that I was already covered in terms of costs with the classes that were going into the studio. So then I was able to kind of think about new classes. And even if there was only two or three people at that class for the time being, it didn't matter because I wasn't paying out anything else to anyone else. So that's why the, the studio worked. But in terms of opening up in different branches, our we're... Uh, an area of small towns and each small town is about half an hour away from one another. I knew across the borders that there was people wanting the same type of stuff as I was offering in Kelso, but at the time weren't wanting to travel. It wouldn't have traveled for something. And so that's why I then went and I just worked from a gym in one location, a a village hall in another and a school in another. And so we just kind of allowing those local kids to get the same experiences as what we're offering in Kelso. Since that, I would say that I now have, so each of those towns, my hometown's Kelso, and each of those towns that I've got branches in are half an hour from Kelso. 
from since starting up in those three spaces, some of the kids that are really, really keen travel to Kelso because there's more classes in Kelso. So I'll have some people in like one of my branch towns doing commercial with me and just love dance so much that they come to Kelso for their competition training, their elite training or their contemporary training, whatever it is that they're wanting. They're now willing to make that journey. But I think it was important to start to get that group of interest. But I I still believe that even though I've got a, a good base in Kelso now with a decent studio facility, it really is good for the school in general to have those branches that targets those people that wouldn't be able to travel the half hour down to Kelso. Um, and so it's given them something local, near to them. Some of them walk to their local venue. So it's just, yeah, it's just given that, I think, inclusiveness across the board. So everybody's getting that same sort of local experience. Yes, I, I agree. I think, like you said, um, the ones that will travel are the ones that want to take it more seriously. But yeah. for the vast majority, especially the younger ages, they're just doing it because they love to dance or love to yeah. move, want to learn. Yeah. They're not doing it because they're thinking, oh, when I'm 15, when I'm 16, they're thinking I'm two and I love this. So they're not yeah, likely exactly. to make the journey. So it's yeah. about going to meet your audience. I think that's yeah. really important. And then it becomes like a feeder yeah. for your, your big base. So, yes. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, I teach um, in multiple locations because my mm-hmm. aim has always been just to make as many people happy through dance as possible. Yeah. So at the moment, I've just got church halls and gyms and schools and things all over. Yeah. The um, but it's so funny you should say about your car because I've recently got <laughs> a new car and I turned up to the car garage with a two meter ballet bar. Like I need a car. <laughs> 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 this what kind of car is like one that fits this <laughs> i'd like a car with enough boot space to fit this <laughs> <laughs> this is the essentials yeah. <laughs> oh how funny it's it just it encompasses your whole life i think in the end you can't go shopping without going into like poundland and being like oh that's a good prop they do with them <laughs> That's so funny. Do you have a favourite class, style, age that you really enjoy teaching at the moment? I mean, my, I don't know. Like, I don't, I think I like them all for different reasons. And this is why I find it really difficult to like pull myself away and put other teachers in. Like, even the teachers I've got, they're not taking full classes away from me. So I'm like, you can do primary one to two hip hop, but I'm also doing it on a Monday. <laughs> um, so I've not given up any full age group yet. Like I love primary one, two, three. That'll be like your sort of age five to seven. They're great chat. Like I like how fun they are and how how silly you can be in a session. Um, I really like the older kind of my my high school age kids because I feel like I, I like the challenge of where you can push them next when they're, when they're in good form when like I'm <laughs> have you found fan of that stage where they're like no I'm not <laughs> doing this I like the stage where they're like yes tell me what to do and I'll do it like that like usually first year and then fourth year that little bit in between sometimes they can be a little bit that's that's a difficult age to push through but it's also a challenge to get them pushed through I feel like I think as an adult you can see them going through that stage of 
I don't know, just they don't really know who they are yet. They're kind of pulling themselves away from something. They're maybe being a little bit too cool for school. And as an adult, you can see them. You kind of want to slap them over the face with that attitude. Um, but you can also then pull them out the other side of it and then see what they've then become almost. And I like when they come out the other end of it. That's nice. <laughs> I also really like teaching adults because I like dancing with them. So that's a, that's another kind of you're almost at that point not really teaching you're choreographing and then just dancing through with some some friends almost so I like that as well. Yes, I love that. Do you find that um, it varies over Zoom a lot? What age is the best age or not best age? You know. Yeah, I mean. yeah, I would say so. Like I think I was speaking to this with my, one of my teachers the other day and she was like the primary fours and fives are my favorite on zoom I was like yeah probably as well because they're so talkative so they're like hands up they're at their microphones they're asking questions they're showing you their cats their dogs their rabbits so it's actually quite a it's quite a fun session I wouldn't say they get as much dance done as they do in normal class but they're quite they're totally into it and they just want to I think at that age group what they're missing is the general vibe of class and sort of they normally come to class they'll work their socks off and they're sweating by the end of the session but they're also chatting and giving each other their stories and telling you they've got a new dog and telling you what their cat did the other day and what their sister did and what they did at school and how annoying it was like they just and I think that age group are missing that most the sort of general falling into a room and just chatting about stuff yeah I think that too like I wouldn't say we get as much done over Zoom as we do in class. Definitely yeah. not exam-wise. We've not really been doing yeah, yeah. much exam work over Zoom. We've been doing more kind of free movement. And with the older yeah. ones, we've been picking songs they like and then yeah. and chat choreography challenges and yeah. have the chorus and you make a verse and little groups and we teach each other and things like that. Because I think they're just missing the social side of school and classes and everything where they're having to stay at home and talk to a screen all the time. And yeah, I think definitely. it's so hard on them. I don't think we should like cut ourselves down or knock ourselves if we're not getting as much done yeah. in our sessions on Zoom as we would in class. That's not what I, I need right now. No, I've been cutting my time on Zoom down a lot. Like, So my kids would normally get 40-minute class, but I'm only giving them half an hour because I think it feels like less of a drag for them. So I can, like, we don't need to sit and do the register and chat about our days at the beginning for a start. So you you gain five minutes on that. Um, but then I think that they just, with, with knowing that it's short and sharp and we're like, right, we're doing this exercise, right, let's add that exercise to that exercise, right, go and grab a drink, let's do the choreography. I think that by doing that and keeping them moving for the half hour is far better than trying to concentrate so much on something that they just don't they just switch off because what I found that this is what I found first time round, and then I've solved the problem this one is that in a class situation if there's one kid who's not particularly confident and doesn't understand the step they look around and they go oh yeah, she doesn't understand the step either. Oh yeah, I don't think she gets either. Oh, okay, it's not just me. Whereas when they're on Zoom and they're in their living room, they're going, I don't get this. Everybody else must get this. This is like, I just can't do this anymore. I can't dance. I'm rubbish. I'm out. And I think because the, the, there's not anybody for them to compare themselves to or like vibe off, you know, there's always the loud one in a class that goes, Michelle, you don't make sense. Please go over that again. And the quiet ones are going, phew, somebody spoke. They, they don't get that on Zoom. So they never they never get that feeling of, 
oh, it's not just me that's stuck. And I think it's important for everybody to just feel like they're having fun and moving and achieving something, even though, even if it wasn't what we were intending to achieve in a full class, they've achieved something. Yeah. And I think on Zoom, it almost feels like a bigger deal to unmute yourself and go, I don't get it. Because then it's going to be your face that everyone's seeing going, I don't understand. Like, like, (laughs) yeah. It's still okay to say, not got a clue what you're talking about. Yeah. That's- I also think that on Zoom, parents are put a little bit more pressure on as well because I think from what I've discovered is that parents don't realise how long something takes to learn in class because they're not there. They drop them off at the beginning of the term and then they see the development at like sometimes between September and June. Like they'll watch a show in June and go, oh, wow, they can dance now. So they see that. They never see the the blood, sweat and tears. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. So if they're in class on Zoom and their mum goes, you're not doing those feet right. Michelle's doing her left foot and you're doing her, your right foot. Change that. Swap. Watch, watch what she's doing. And they're like, ah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's about kind of just calming the whole situation. Goes, it's okay. Not everybody gets everything straight away. Um, but you get there in time with the progress. And sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it takes minutes. Yeah, I say that to my toddler classes all the time. I'm like, as adults, we forget how long it took us yeah. to walk, to talk, yeah. to jump. Like These are all skills that take so many different muscles that yeah. we do now without even thinking about it. Yeah. But to learn it takes a long time. And they look at the other kids in the class that have been there two months, three months, and they're like, well, they can jump instantly. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they were exactly the same as your kid when they were yeah. sitting down staring at me looking like I'm the weirdest woman in the world talking about yeah. rockets. Like, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And skipping, skipping takes so long. Some of them just get it. Some of them have just got that. They've seen it before and then their body just does it. But then some of them just don't understand that, that it's a hop and a hop and they're like kind of running and galloping and it just takes time and one day it just clicks. And if you're in a class situation, you can be like, yes, you did it, you did it. Whereas at home, they're almost not, they're not vibing off one another and their friends and holding hands with their friends and skipping with their friends. So they're just kind of going in their own little world almost. Yeah, and it's not as clear on Zoom either. Like in a class, you can clearly see everyone in the room, but for Zoom, you have to be far enough away that you can fit your whole body in most of the time, teaching <laughs> little ones, and then you try and skip with your shoulders, shoulders instead of your knees. <laughs> I feel like everyone's become pro at arm dancing. Yeah. <laughs> your knees need to be like this, up to your ears, your elbows. And then there's some the others doing this. Be <laughs> like, why is she asking us to do this today? <laughs> I love it when the little ones copy you exactly. So you may be doing jumps and making the positions with your hands. Yep. And then instead of them jumping, they're just doing the hands. But it's not what I said. Awesome. <laughs> Have you got any tips or tricks that you're like, this is in my tool belt for Zoom when everything's going wrong? Not really. I think that nor it depends on the age group. Um with the little ones, if everything's going wrong, I, t- I bring them right to the screen and do like some hand stuff and try and get their focus back. Like, I feel like when they come really close to the screen, they're suddenly focused. There's like nobody else around them other than you and them. So I'll often like, if I feel like I'm losing their focus, get them all to come up and do like some of these like butterfly type things um, just to try and pull that focus back, maybe throw a game in. Um, we've got like 
you know, the games where you're you're showing them cards instead of talking, so they're really having to concentrate on the screen. But yeah, I think across the board, I think that the fast-paced session of the half hour seems to be working for my kids and for me. So I've not really had too many issues of floating off um, because it's quick fire warm-up game for the younger ones. Little bit of right, we're doing cross cross uh, cross jumps today, and then we'll add in a step, and it, we're just basically adding in two steps a week, the same as we would in class, but they're doing it on the spot instead of skipping around the room, and then yeah, quick fire choreography at the end, and it seems to be keeping them going, and at the end they're they're chuffed that they've they've managed some of them. Yeah, I agree. Fast pace, not taking it too seriously. Yeah. Um, one thing I found with the younger ones is. Anything character based is is a winner. So we've had like a pajama party, and they've all kind of pajamas. Yeah, yeah. Anything like that, dance with your teddy, dance with your yeah. mum, like just something that makes it a bit different to the everyday yeah. life they're doing, where they're just repeating yeah. the same things, same four walls, same faces they're seeing. They're just seeing their mum, their dad, their dog, and their sister, and that's it. So by throwing yeah. something different in, like dress up as a fairy, fine. Yeah find a teddy any yeah. like you said a game like I'm not being scared to do some things that aren't quite as dancey like yeah. find we did an Elsa week and it was like find me something that's blue find me yeah, yeah. and I think it's just it's it's driving their focus into something different but I think also like it's really good I I don't know I'm a massive advocate for creativity in general across classes all the time so it's kind of it gives you the when the kids are in their own space it gives them a little bit of creative space where you can go right and now if you tell them to go and find something blue and then do something with that something blue like it's sort of it's given them they wouldn't normally have that access to loads of stuff they wouldn't have access to being in their literally their own space without their friend like this in their ear so Sometimes from that perspective, especially with older ones who really struggle with improvisation in general, because, you know, in a, in a senior class, you have some kids who are amazing improvisation. So the ones that are less confident are like, oh, I can't do what she's doing, so I just can't do it. Whereas when they're in their own room, they don't know what anybody else is doing. So everybody's sort of letting themselves go a little bit more with that, which I think is um, is working. So Yeah, one thing I find really useful for the when they start to do improvisation and things um, and there's some kids that just want to watch everyone else is some kind of prop they can associate with the dance, like a floaty scarf, a ribbon, um, anything like that, that they can kind of lose themselves behind. Yeah. Like a protective, like a safety blanket. Definitely. Explore the movement and explore their creativity without being like, I'm so exposed. Yes. A thousand percent. So when... What's the moment where you were like, I'm going to start another business. I'm going to open the apparel. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what possessed me to start another business halfway through a pandemic. Um, basically, we don't have a dance shop at all in the borders. Um, and I was looking at where my dancers were getting shoes, we were going to be introducing ballet soon. So my own kids were going to need ballet shoes that they hadn't had before. They were going to need leotards at the different age groups. And we do acro. And up until now, they've just been wearing shorts and t-shirt. I was like, we need to stop this. I, I want to get them smart. I want to get them kitted out in leotards, proper tights. 
Um, and I was looking at the types of places that they were going to be buying them. I was like, do you know what? We we don't have any access to this within the borders. So that's where the, the idea started to make a shop. We um yeah, we don't have a dance shop in the borders at all. So we're gonna be sourcing things from Edinburgh if you were wanting to go somewhere or um online. And obviously just now we weren't allowed to go to Edinburgh um because of the restrictions on travel. So I was like, people shouldn't have to go to Edinburgh to buy their stuff. We there was our dance school, there's so many dance schools in the borders, nobody was able to go to Edinburgh to the nearest dance shop. And um, so it's like, let's let's start doing some planning let's have a think about this and it all kind of fell together from there with quite a lot of back and support from parents and the town um and it was when then I was sort of rebranding well attempting to rebrand the school and doing a little bit of um sort of design work I was like actually this this could encompass more than our dance school I could provide some dance wear for everybody for, for everybody we don't like people just like to have loungewear they like to have a brand they like to be able to just buy a hoodie for, like it was coming up Christmas people that have got dancers as grandparents and stuff they, they don't necessarily want to be buying them uniform all the time but they want to be buying them something that the kids can dance in or show off and go I am a dancer so that's sort of where it all came from yeah, but you said um, that you went from kind of shorts and t-shirt, more of a a casual kind of uniform, to yeah. wanting more of a strict uniform. Why? What was the thought process behind that? What made you think this is really important for me to change? So I am an advocate for having uniform in class because I think that it makes the kids feel part of something. So across our whole school, their uniforms always been black leggings and our impulsive t-shirts. Um, and I think when they come to class wearing that, they feel like they're part of a team. They feel like they, know, like when you go to school in your school uniform feels different from when you go to school in non-uniform day. <laughs> I don't think it's, it just makes you feel like you're meant, that you're meant to be there, that you've got, everybody's in the same boat and you're kind of in the right headspace. So we've always been fairly casual in that sense in that it's just a t-shirt and joggers or t-shirt leggings. So that's what they started to wear for Acro. But a couple of years ago, when I first started Acro, I put in place a black leotard and tights option and nobody kicked up a fuss. Everybody was quite happy with that. And I felt that for that style, it's really important that they're, they're streamlined and that they're able to do whatever it is that we're asking them to do. They're able to do it without kind of pulling at this, that and the other. And I noticed that I think we started Acro again um, because we had to remove cheerleading from our timetable because of COVID. And so we added Acro back in this year and started off with just conditioning because I wasn't allowed to. Um, support them or anything and I think at that point because I was seen as a conditioning class more than anything else I kind of forgot about what what we just discovered the last time we had Acro in the program um, and then the more the progression started to come through towards the end of term I was like do you know what we're upside down now and we've got bellies out we've got chowkin I was like let's let's stop let's think about our uniform and um I just put out an email to say, this is what's happening from January. So I need everybody 
to invest in this, 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 and this, and come to class prepared every week. And I just feel like, well, we've not had a chance to now go to class with their leotards on every week, but they're all on Zoom with their leotards. And I think that that helps them to just be in the right zone, the right frame of mind. Like I've asked for whenever they, whenever they log on to Zoom, I've asked for them to be in their uniform for whatever class they're meant to be in. With the only exception is that they don't need to wear their trainers in the house because I don't think I'm going to get away with that. <laughs> um, but when they're coming in with their dance t-shirt on or with their leotard for ballet or their leotard for their acro conditioning, I just feel like they're coming in in the right frame of mind. They're ready for their class. Even things like, we don't allow fizzy juice in class, but last lockdown, there was like fizzy juice popping up on Zoom. And I was like, no, you need to pretend you're in real class to, to get into the right frame of mind. And we get the right atmosphere. And then that's when we get better results from Zoom. That's so funny you should mention fizzy drinks because at showtime, backstage, that's the bane of my life. They all know I'm like, do not bring fizzy drinks, do not bring chocolate, do not bring yeah. anything messy. If I see anyone again with soup, yeah. I'm going to go insane. <laughs> Beautiful white tutu, tomato soup. I'm like, no, <laughs> why would you risk it? What was what your mum thinking? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> a bit of a personal question, but have you found that since you introduced the uniform obviously it's um covid has slapped us in the face so there's been a bit of a gap but um that is affected like your revenue income much um this is a really tough one because i have no clue (laughs) i so we've always had uniform that i got that one of our local printers stopped it so it was always bought through them and then i just got the the commission at the end and I usually just bought stuff so I never really seen it at that point now that I've got a secondary business it's all going through the secondary business so I'm not at the minute I just I just I do what the accountant tells me to do and I hope for the best (laughs) I wouldn't say that's my strong point in business No, it's one of those things that I think it's just so hard to get your head around like everyone understands kind of profit loss but yeah. all the other things that you have to put into your accounts and yeah. think about, like your tax at the end of the year, your national insurance, yeah. your pension schemes for your staff and everything like that. There's just so many little things that come in to you. Like, oh, my God, I forgot I was going to have to pay for that. Yeah. I've <laughs> a book called Profit First. I can't think who it's by, but it's really good. And yeah. it's basically like a different way of looking at your accounts. So you'd still yeah. I still have an accountant and everything like that, but um, this is the first year of trying it, so I could come back on in six hours' time and be like, no, <laughs> do not try it. But at the moment, it's making a lot of sense for me because basically I've got one main business account and then six or seven different savings accounts. And what I'm yeah. doing is I'm transferring. So I get £10 in, say, I'll put £5 into my expense account to pay for hall hire and staff yeah. and that. And then I put 1% into my tax one one pound yeah. and kind of divide it up there so I can actually look at it and go and oh, know where, it's, where it's been going now yeah. rather than knowing where it's going when I've worked it out at the beginning of the term and then get to the end of the tax year and being like where did it go this come from yeah I mean that is one thing I've always had I've always had a tax account so that it's and it's never a shock at the end of the year which is phew yeah <laughs> I've always had an idea and knowing where I'm at at the end of each month but I just feel like sometimes 
especially with COVID year, where there's been so many refunds and show money that's come in and then had to go back out again. But I've always yeah. spent money on programs which are now useless yeah. and stuff like that. So really I felt this last year, I've just had no control over it. Yeah. So I thought, I've bought this book and I'm going to try awesome. it. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> awesome. I think as well, it's really important for dance teachers to kind of look at their school as a business because I think there's a lot of dance teachers that because it's our passion to teach I think sometimes it can get lost and forget that you're running a business and you've you've got to you've got to pay for your own life like there we don't want to be working extra hours and not getting something out of working for those extra hours it's I think you can kind of fall into that trap of going, I need to give the kids this, I need to give the kids that. But then you need to look at it and go, well, I can really only give the kids that if I can pay myself for that extra hour because I'm then giving myself to those people rather than working for it. And I think that's a really important point in terms of looking at how your business sits as to how, what, what, where are your revenues coming from? And if something like Uniform is going to bring you in extra revenue, then go for it. Um, but I did find for a time that although the uniform was bringing me revenue on that business, it was taking up so much of my time with all the orders and stuff that that's when I then was like, the local printer can do it and and sort of take that. At the time, I, I just didn't have the headspace for it. Whereas now, with it setting up as a new business and got staff on it, that's where it's sort of, I've been able to, to redeploy the work rather than the printer doing it, my own staff are doing it. So that's, um, yeah, that's where it works. Yeah, I think that's so important that you may have started your dance school because you love to dance and you want to teach yeah. and everything like that. But if you actually don't have any interest in business, yeah. it's going to be really hard for you to make a steady yeah. income from it. Yeah. I think I'm... I love, love, love teaching, but I'm also such a nerd when it comes to all the business side. Like yeah. I love reading a new book about it and thinking yeah. about marketing and planning out and thinking how I can grow and things like that. And if you're not business-minded, that is okay, but you need to know that that isn't where your strength lies. Yeah. And when you can hire someone else, maybe yeah. hire them in an admin role to manage the business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. understand yeah. that you're like we do with a class we understand their strengths and weaknesses and how to yeah. improve them you can always improve it but if it's not something you enjoy like with the accounts it's a really worthwhile investment to get an accountant yeah, yeah definitely I personally think that are you part of an, like an association like an exam board like IDTA no I'm not um I was I, I dip in and out and I was like I'm qualified IDTA um, but no we don't sit with uh, an association because I tend to again go down that creative side of choreography based stuff rather we don't do any exams and although stuff's come up where sometimes folk go, can we do exams I feel like my ethos at the start was it's inclusivity and fun and creativity so trying to give them take that the stress of exams away so yeah we've never I've been quite specifically not gotten involved in exams yeah and the reason I was asking was because I personally think there are so many teachers that don't have any clue or any interest in like the business the accounting the the admin side of it and that's absolutely fine but I feel like these associations should be giving people the knowledge you know 
we're paying our membership fee so we, they can take exams, but I feel like it should be more than that. I feel like it should be a place where teachers can unite and learn together. Yeah. And most yeah. associations that I've looked at and been part of, it's very much, here's our money, here's your exam. Yeah. Kind of format. And I think that, I think actually if the associations had um, a little bit of that sort of business networking and whatnot alongside them, you would get schools like some mine paying membership to be involved in something like that because I know that I don't want to take the exam. So I'm not going to pay to take exams when that's not what we're going to do. But I would pay to be involved and be a part of something where you were getting other benefits from. Yeah, that's really interesting because I've been playing around with, obviously I started Happy Dance just to unite teachers and bring happiness to as many people as possible through dance. And I've been like brainstorming during lockdown where I want it to go. And it sounds like I'm slagging off associations and I'm really not. I think they're amazing. And the fact that you can offer exams, maybe you can, things like that are absolutely insane. But I think my long-term goal and my long-term aim and I might really regret putting this in a podcast if it doesn't happen, but is to create an association that encompasses everything, that is somewhere you can go to to learn business skills, to do yeah. safety. Everyone's will be CRB checked. Everyone can be paediatric first aid trained and everyone can ask for help and get help with things that aren't just here's money, here's an exam kind of yeah. format. Yeah. Because I think there's so many amazing, wonderful teachers that could have such a bigger impact on the world, um, but they don't have that business knowledge or the passion to learn that business knowledge to give them that extra step up. But there could be a teacher 30 minutes down the road that really loves that type of thing but can't teach what that teacher teaches. Like me with Acro, I'd be absolutely useless. I'm really interested in it, so I'm looking at hiring a teacher to teach it. and a sort of association existed that was like, look, this amazing choreographer and teacher is amazing acro. He's a show reel. She lives 30 yeah. minutes down the road. Why not make a connection at our next yeah, yeah. teachers meeting? And yeah. then you've grown and you've both gained something from it and made the world a happier place through dance. Exactly. Exactly. I felt like I just gave you my elevator pitch. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> When you started your apparel thing, have you got an aim, a goal, what you want to do with it? Or are you, like I was with Happy Dog, just kind of exploring your passions so, and what happens? Yeah, I think at the, it's really difficult because I think I have some goals and aims and whatnot that I can't physically do just now. Um, because I'd really like to be able to put, um, you know, like when you go to um, dance events and be like a stall there to try and get our name out a little bit, try and get our brand a little bit further. Um, but events aren't happening just now, so we're we're not there. Um, so yeah, at the minute, we're just kind of, we've got our online shop. We're trying to um, just sort of push push some some sales, basically, <laughs> try and keep us surviving through lockdown. But yeah, I'd really like to, in the, in the long run, obviously be a local supplier for all things dance here and hopefully try and get our brand name out a little bit. The design of the brand's very sort of timeless, but it's got that dance element on it. And I think that there's a lot of the times like teachers are looking for leggings and teaching wear and stuff where we tend to go for more a fitnessy type style in terms of you want that quality, you want like a good support. So this, I would say that our brand encompasses a sort of 
fitness style, but with that dance name rather than having to to just be fitnessy. Yeah, definitely. So tell us a bit about your products. Are you mainly stocking like leotards and things to sell or is it more personalization? What what have you got? So yeah, so at the minute we've got um we're supplying our own uniform for our school, but we're very specific on keeping the two businesses very separate so that we can be stocking things for other schools as well. Um, in the long run, it would be quite nice to be able to get some of the other local schools on, on board and get, get their uniform in. Our our school uniform, basically attires and sort of RAD ballet stuff, ballet shoes, jazz shoes, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then the MD brand, we've got a really nice sort of basics range of leggings, vests, crop tops, it's all timeless. It's black. It's white. It's for any age group. And then we've been bringing in, we, we did have just black and white for the kids before Christmas, but we've just brought in like a nice new bright turquoise blue range. So again, just sort of keeping that branding, but allowing them to have something that with little slogans and stuff on it that they just go, I'm a dancer. This is what I want to wear in my spare time, not necessarily just for their classes. Yes. I've been hanging around with ideas about doing like a, a t-shirt for the t- for the season for the term and yeah. almost like a one-off limited edition thing to create yeah. kind of a bit more buzz and to um I've been looking at maybe doing like limited runs of t-shirts and things to try and make it more exciting to wear uniform and create a bit more yeah. buzz around it and also it'd be really good marketing with them walking yeah. around and the yeah. they're not actually attending class they're just loving yeah they're wearing yeah yeah exactly I think that's a really good point and like you said with the happy blue and things like that you almost release it and see what the demand is then open it up to oh this works well for my school so it might work really well for yours too do you want to place an order yeah that's a really really clever way of looking at it I always end with what is one piece of advice that someone a person a teacher has given you that you will always remember I would say to stay confident and true to your beliefs and your goals. I think that sort of encompasses all of your life, like you, it from a personal level and right into business and particularly in business when you are working with the public. I think from the first few years that I was in business, I asked for opinions and stuff Um. I was quite sort of, oh, well, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to sort of attitude. And I think that once I got given that that um, piece of advice that what, what you believe in, stay true to it and stay confident with it. I think at that point, I was then able to say to people, right, this is what we're doing. This is what I need you to do. And this is the time scale. And I think that when you're able to be confident with your decisions, everybody falls into line with that because then they realize that you have thought it through that you have decided what's best for your school and if that's what's best for their kid then they're going to go along with it and I think that way you get a lot more support from your people that you're working with Um, and from there I'd say that's where we've been able to expand and build new blocks onto our business and expand the school and try new things because I think when you're true to what you want to happen and, and with your beliefs, then everybody goes along with that because it's the, it's the confidence, the confidence sells. Yes, definitely. Um, just picking into that slightly, did you 
um, have a moment where you're like, yes, this is, I now feel like I am a teacher. Because like you said, I think when you're starting out, you go, you have that confidence issue where you're like, oh, is anyone going to like it? Is, is it going to be okay? Is anyone going to come yeah. along? Are they going to stay? Did you have a moment where you were like, I can actually do this? Yes, I think. I think you have a few. I think there's a, there, it happens a few times. And I think the first sort of time that you, that you see that is when you've made a decision and nobody questions it and you go, oh, wow. And I think that's the, at that point I was like, okay, so I'd planned out what was happening. I'd put out the, the letter. Well, <laughs> I can't even remember it. What exactly? What exact time? We were, what what it was all about? But I think when you go at something with with the confidence of this is what we're doing for our school and this is what's best, and you're not questioned, that then goes oh, okay. People believe in me, and I think as soon as people believe in you, that's when you can start to go okay. So I can make the next decision based on what I know. I think also with that in mind, I think your passion comes through more. I think if you're always working on something that you really believe in, then you're, you, you're, you do it better. You're better for your kids. You're better for your customers because you're doing something that you believe in and that you're passionate about. And, and I do gen, genuinely believe that that passion needs to come through in your teaching, not just in your teaching, also in this is where we're doing a show. This is what we're going to do next weekend. This is what we're planning for next term. People want to be in on that excitement, but that excitement has to come from you. And that's that's really important. I think one of my big moments, and I think especially being in a in a small area, like there's when you leave school in the borders, nobody mentions dance. It's sort of if you're a dancer, you say to your teachers, I'd really like to do dance. And they kind of go, Oh. So I think one of the main points in my teaching career was that when would it have been five years ago it would be five years ago five years ago two of my kids came out of school and went into professional training and at that point they were my first seniors that had come all the way through from age four had come all the way through with me and went into professional training and I think having that knowledge that they came and in, went into professional training from my school I was like yeah we, we've got this we we can do, we're on the same, because I think when you don't do exams, you can kind of feel like you're on the back foot of other schools. But in recent years, I've came to the conclusion that I'm offering something different to the exam schools. And if I'm passionate about that and arguing why I'm doing that, I can give as good an education as I can. And I'm getting as good results from the ones who want to go further. I love that. Yes, 100%. Um, so tell us more about where we can find you, your dance wear, your fitness apparel. Tell us where to, to reach out if you want to find more. So I, my um, fitness and dance wear is mddancewear.uk. We've got an online store and we're selling now and dispatching as normal. And our dance school based in Scottish Borders is Impulsive Dance. And yeah, I'd love to connect with any other teachers that want to chat. It's great to know other teachers that are out there. And it's been great through COVID having these sort of little networks across the country um, to chat to one another. And it would be great to, great to do more. Awesome. I'll put all the links below. 
Well, what an amazing episode. I hope you found it really valuable. Don't forget you can always find out more about our competitions, products and resources for dance teachers on our Facebook page and website. Have an amazing day. Bye.